Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. And it is miserable outside in Cleveland after a week of just gorgeous weather. And the weather is boring to talk about. But as we sit here, I'm like watching the wind blow. And it's like 50 degrees outside in the middle of... No, almost June. And it's like 50 degrees outside. This is fucking nuts. And I'm breathing heavily. But It's all right. It's all right. But uh, no, it's crazy. But uh, having said that, good to see you, brother. Glad to have you here. Hey. Uh, Glad to be together. Yeah, same. It's been a hell of a week. Um, yeah, for me too. Actually, I won't get into the business side of things. Yeah, but it just, I've had a total roller coaster. Right, week. It's just, In fact, I don't think I've spoken to you for like four straight days, which frankly which is never right, happens. Right, never right? happens. Yeah, I, I, same. Like just a lot going on with with work and and you know the job and everything else. So, you know, uh, it's fu- it's funny to me because Mike and Mike had that show for years, and I thought they were buddies. And they put that image on there. We're legitimately friends. We yes. do shit together all the time. Yes. Uh, and for us to not even, like, I think we have not texted or talked. Well, in, like, we, I think we talked. Eh, we did. We texted right. early in the week. We, right. uh, but like, but uh, it's I think a rare I, week I think in terms I, of. I think I saw you, what was it, Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday? I don't it know. It wouldn't have been Tuesday because Tuesday is my hell day. Okay. So maybe but anyway, it was my anyway, either way. Good to see you, brother. It's been, a while. It's been a couple days. Um, all right. Starting off. January 6th commission. Let's not investigate what we all saw with our own two eyes. It wasn't that fucking long ago. We talked about it last week, and we you said, and I tentatively agreed, that even if Congress investigated, ultimately it falls on the DOJ and the FBI. Having said that, kind of a chump move for Congress to vote against having a commission. Well, so... This uh, so this was a Senate vote. It was passed in the House Senate. Um, you know the, the the GOP filibustered, and you know you had eleven senators that didn't show up, nine of which were Republican. Um, there were two Democrats who didn't show, um, but it didn't matter because you you know you needed um, uh, sixty six or sixty. Well, know. yeah. You, I mean the vote. I think the vote failed at you know fifty four to like thirty five. Um, so. You know, you needed 60 total votes. Um, you know, so the two Democrats didn't much matter, but you did need, you know, you, you needed the GOP guys to, to, to come through. Oddly enough, Rod Portman did vote for this uh, this commission. I, you know, I guess you got to give him credit, but I think... Do you? Because he's I, Well, and, and here's the deal. One, he's leaving. Two, chances are he knew that there weren't going to be enough GOP members to actually vote for it to pass. So he's able to vote for it and say, yeah, I totally wanted it, knowing damn well that they weren't going to have the votes to pass it. So it was, it's, it, you know, it was kind of a, you know, kind of an empty sort of, yeah. of, of gesture. Um, you know, I, I did say last week that I was not, uh, I, I just, to me, it, it's, you know, it was going to be a dog and pony show. Um, you know, have I changed my opinion on it? Like, it, so if I were... A, a, a senator right now, would I have voted for this? Yes, right? Because I think at minimum you vote for it to show that you you want this investigated as thoroughly as, as, as possible 
So you want it done in the open, and you also want the, the deep dive done with, by actual criminal investigators. And you're getting that. Now, now side note, there have been you know, over 200 arrests and indictments uh, related to that event on January 6th. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, um, there's a guy named Seth McFarlane who I retweet. Um, is that his name? Yeah, I think it is. Seth McFarlane. Uh, it's but... not Seth McFarlane, like my, you know, my Your hero. hero, but um, who actually Seth McFarlane, the, the, the animation guy is kind of a douche, but he's fucking hilarious. So anyway, <laughs> um, but I, I retweet um, the various, you know, indictments and, and, and kind of the process that a lot of these people are going through um, on our Twitter account pretty consistently because I think it's important that we show that these people are being held to account. Also showing who these people are. Almost every one of them are on video. You know, they, you, know you can see their faces clearly. You can see them doing XYZ illegal thing, whether it's entering, you know, entering the Capitol building, going into offices, taking things, stealing things. Um, and then what's funny is, you know, I mean, beating police officers, pushing police officers, you know, screaming things, like hold the line and, and you know, fight, fight through, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's important that we see who these people are. Um, I think it's hilarious that these people are pleading not guilty. Uh, there was a report that came out that many of them are holding out that Trump is going to save them. <laughs> um, which is just, it just shows you how oh delusional, yeah, how delusional these people are. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's good that they're being held to justice, but it's also scary because, um, you know, we don't have a commission on this. Uh, you know, a lot of this is happening kind of under wraps. And, I mean, I don't see anything to stop something like this from happening again, right? Now, we'll see what happens with the midterm elections. Um, we'll see what happens in 2024. Uh, but, I mean, it's just that there's, there's a lot to be concerned about. So, you know, my point was if I were, if I were sitting in a room with, with the congressmen who were getting ready to introduce the bill, would I, would I, would I be the person advocating for it? Would I introduce this bill? No, I wouldn't. Um, but once it became real and it was put together, then yeah, I would vote for it. Um, but at the same time, I think the biggest part of it would be because to see who pushed back against it. Um, Mitch McConnell, it's, it's already been uh, reported that Mitch McConnell went to other senators and said, please don't vote for this. Do me a favor, you know, do me a personal favor and do not vote for this, which begs the reason why, right? Now, is it... Mitch McConnell has just decided that he's going to be an obstructionist no matter what. Um, it's not based on reason. It's not based on, you know, he's trying to cover something up. He just wants to oppose any and everything that the Democrats do. I think there's some legitimacy to that, but I also think that there can be some legitimate concern that is Mitch McConnell responsible for January 6th? No, but does he know something or did Trump ask him to do something uh, to stop this because of, you know, the le knowing the level that this could reach. I mean, let's be real. The more we learn about what led up to the January 6th insurrection hurts Republicans way more than right. Democrats. I mean, because I mean, no... the, the argument that it was Black Lives Matter and Antifa is, is so is, stupid. It's was, ridiculous. was ridiculous day of. And, you know, as we see the, the just the it's clear that that's not what was there. Right. I mean, it, maybe, yeah, maybe there were a couple imposters, but either way, a majority of the people that um, have been arrested for the most egregious crimes, like they have a paper trail of 
their thought process, sure. right? Whether it's Parler or Facebook or Twitter or what, what, what YouTube, um, you know, these people have recorded themselves openly and actively supporting Trump, supporting his message for years um, in, in making statements, like clear statements via social media, via on video, where they were going, what they were doing, or that they were there, that they were proud that they were there, and showing you know, things that they stole. So, right. I mean, yeah, it's very damaging. And the, the, fa- the fact that they chose or felt the need to try to deflect this to, oh, this wasn't us, this was this evil group Antifa, yeah. means you're acknowledging what happened was, it was treason, tra- it was, traitorous, it was, whatever you want to call right. it. It was real, it was dangerous, it was it was a threat criminal, on our democracy. Yes. Crimis- cr- yeah. Criminal. And it, right, because they can't say it didn't happen. Now, there are some people who have come out and oh said... Oh, my God. There are people who have come out and now, said... there are oh, congressmen who have come out right, and said... Right, who have come out and said, oh, well, it was it was just a uh, tourist, and it was right. just uh, it was a prote- it was a peaceful protest that got a little out of hand. Like, people... If you didn't that, know it was January 6th, it would be any tourist day. Oh, really? They build gallows on tourist days? Right, people because get that's shot, a regular thing. People get shot... shot in the Capitol building right. on regular tourist days, people, people break windows, break doors, tear down um, the American flag and put up a Confederate flag, right. Russia flag on regular tourist days. Right. The Fuck poli- you. You know the Capitol police have to go in there and 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 basically bait crowds of people to not go into restricted areas and lead them into you know the waiting right. arms of task force and police. Get the fuck out of here. Congressmen so, are congressmen and women are hiding in offices, being protected by armed people daily. If that's happening, then we got a whole different conversation to have. Right, but it's not. But it's right. It's just, it's, it's just uh, you know right. a lot of I'm bullshit. Sorry. So, you know that's where we're at with the January sixth commission. Um, you know now is it over? No, because President Biden, if he wanted to, um, and he may could, you know, institute his own commission to investigate it. Um, I think he will. He's probably going to let this die down a little bit. Um, you know because Biden is a, is is a, a tactful diplomat. So sure. he's trying to get the infrastructure bill through. Um, he's got other things on his agenda. And I don't think it's him saying this isn't important, but I think he's going to give it some time, get some other things going in terms of his actual political agenda, and then kind of come back to this later once it, it sort of cools down. I'm not necessarily opposed to that. I think the more we see people, um, you know, accept plea deals and you get more information out of them, that could be better um, just because you'll be able to, you'll have a, a, a more complete picture of what happened. Um, so it may, it may be even easier six months from now to kind of start this investigation. And look, the investigation is not going to be quick, right? I mean, you've got... Sure. Thousands well, of people to investigate. Congress, right? I mean, you, you've got. I mean, once this, what whoever initiates it. I mean, it's it's not coming through Congress, but whether it's presidential or, or what have you, it, it's going to be eighteen months before we really sort of get more detailed information as to what happened. In my opinion, you're probably right. Um, but the, the, and we've talked about this multiple times. This is something that. It feels at times like it was a hundred years ago when I see the stuff, and then I feel like no, it was months ago, and it was a way bigger deal than I think we're giving. It. I mean, to me, it feels like it was yesterday. I mean, I was literally really? sitting, I was sitting in my living room with 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 my rifle. So I mean, 
that doesn't just go away. And I wasn't just sitting there looking at it saying, ooh, look how cool it is. Like, I had serious concerns that our country was was going the wrong way. And, and, and I said it well, last it did week. Go wrong. No, I mean, yes. But, I mean, fortunately, things kind of balanced out to a degree. But, I mean, what if, what like I said last, what, what if they accidentally kill Mitt Romney? Right, he gets trampled or, or falls and breaks his neck, right? And then it's just like, whoa, what the hell happened? Or or what if they actually not even accidentally like, what, what if they, they hung what if they get somebody or right? like, what if they actually got somebody and actually murdered them and now the Capitol Police and uh, the National Guard are forced to actually turn on people, right? Um that I mean, you know, I mean, that's like, not too far out of like the, it, it, No, it wasn't because those people were in the Capitol building, and I mean, if it wasn't for the few police officers, the Capitol police officers who actually did their job that day, as opposed to just letting people in, um, we we could be this. Everything could be different, right? Sure. Everything could be completely different, and I don't think that that is an overstatement. What would have happened if if the National Guard comes in and sees this as an attack on? the capital which it, it fucking it, was it, it literally was and then they and, actually and, they, and just, they just mow down the mow down the you know the masses in right. the, I mean it, I mean you weren't I mean listen you had you know when they take the flag down and they put up the Trump flag and you've got people you know there was a guy up there spraying a fire extinguisher at Capitol Police and National Guardsmen look at that point that all, it all could have went south at that point Right, I mean, like th- there was nothing to stop them from opening fire at that point, and who knows and what it turns way, into. Could have, if they did, I would probably be here saying they acted appropriately. No, not probably. I would. Yeah, I mean, if you're I, shooting, if you're bl- trying to blind or whatever, police officers. Right. I, I mean, there's there's so many different. I mean, that guy spraying that fire extinguisher, a car drives by, and and you know the muffler bangs or something like that. I mean, and someone sure. th- and confuses it with, or somebody just throws a firecracker of some sort, and someone thinks it's fire. I, I mean, there's so many ways that that thing could have gone south, way worse than what actually happened. And what happened was a fucking uh, tragedy in my mind. Um, y- you know, you, that we were just that we were, you know, razor thin from from uh, chaos yeah, beyond yeah. anything we've ever seen. And, and talk about in this impact, country. impact to the economy. What could be more impactful to the economy than America, which is supposed to be the stable country in the world that we can put all of our faith in their currency on, now has this shit going on. I mean, I read a bunch of stuff from, you know, European um, newspapers that were basically saying, you know, this is America now. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the, the, right, there I was take yeah, us on this road, but yeah, the, I mean, there was a, there was uh, the, there was a lot of implications there. Uh, fortunately, we didn't get there, but. You know, the, all, all that to say, to me, it's still very fresh in my mind. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, moving, moving you know, past that, um, you know, more directly on to Trump, uh, you know, this week it came out that our current Department of Justice, led by um, uh, Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland yeah. uh, they basically denied releasing, um, you know, the 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 Trump memo um, that, you know, Barr had put out saying, you know, or the the report investigating Barr's uh, memo that he put out basically, you know, sort of uh, uh, removing responsibility from Trump and, and um, you know, saying, well, you know, he didn't do anything wrong after the, the Mueller investigation. And, um, 
it's problematic to me. Um, I get, I get why they, I get why the DOJ did it, right? Um, you know, long story short, they they basically wanted to to prevent the public from seeing um, how the Justice Department kind of deliberated the sort of Trump's whole sort of. Well, they want what they wanted to kind of prevent people from seeing is how they came to the conclusion, right? Like, what's their process for determining if Trump met the bar of criminal activity, right? And I think that that is important, right? Because I think that you know people are like, oh, well, we we deserve to see everything, and we should know everything that the government is doing and their entire processes. No, and 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 I understand that the, the DOJ stance here is. is like some of that needs to be kept behind closed doors just simply because by exposing it, it does become a, sec a security risk, right? It does become um, all of a sudden people have, you know, criminals and people who are, you know, in a position where they could be investiga investigated by the DOJ, they know the process, right? So it, it then it helps them like, all right, so how can we sort of avoid sure. dealing with this if we know that they're going to if they're going to go down this road and they're going to ask these sort of questions and this is how they're going to look at things um, we we now know that so we it can help protect us and and look I think it's a thin argument and I think anytime the government is trying to hide processes it's not good right and and I don't and while I understand why they did what they did I don't like it, and considering the number of ways that the Trump administration consistently tried to, you know, dodge and thwart and maneuver around whether they were written or unwritten rules, laws, uh, tradition, whatever you might have, you whatever you have, I think that needs to be exposed, right? So I'm willing to allow the DOJ to to, to release, you know, these documents so we have a better understanding of what happened and how they got to that point. Um, and then if, if someone's a criminal and they can take something away from that, okay, fine. Eventually one way or another, you'll get that criminal. Um, you know, but in this particular instance, the greater good is restoring the trust in the institution that is the DOJ that Bill Barr led so poorly. Right. Can I, I wanna, <clears throat> you mentioned the Mueller investigation and I had a few back and forths with friends and I want to say something and get your uh, response to it. So they all said that the Mueller investigation exonerated Trump with regards to Russian collusion. I said, that's bullshit. The Mueller investigation basically said, here is the solid case for prosecuting Trump for collaborating with Russia, but it's not the DOJ's job to do that. It's Congress's job. So, hey, Congress, here it is. Do it or don't, but here's the case. Did I misrepresent anything in saying that? Uh, a little bit. So, and, right. and not, I mean, not, not brutally bad, but, you know, what Mueller, Mueller did, um, and I believe he made a mistake here, and, and, and I'm not the only, there's lawyers a lot better and smarter than me who agree. Um, you know, what, so what, what Mueller said was, look, did he commit a crime? I can't say whether or not he committed a crime, but a case can be made for it. Now, okay. indicting him and charging him is something that, according to um, 
the Constitution, basically. Well, the Constitution, and then there was actually a, a memo put out by um, another entity. I can't, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. They said that you can't charge a sitting president, right? Okay. And so what, what Mueller did was he said, well, because this particular entity says that you can't charge a sitting president, then I'm not going to tell you that you need to charge him. I'm not going to tell you that he committed a crime. If you want to do that, Congress has to decide if they want to. And then if they want to, then that's fine. That's their decision. I'm not going any further than saying I investigated it. This is what I found. You guys do with it what you want. So you're not necessarily, you're, you're not, you, you weren't wrong per se, but you know, it wasn't so much that he said that it was Congress's job to indict. It was just that he said he was basing it off of, um, Oh my God, I don't know why this, it's just sitting. I can see the letters in my head, but I can't see it for whatever reason. Sorry. Um, but you know, he, he, what he's saying is like, they said that you can't. And so since they said that you can't, I'm not going to say whether you can or can't, it's up to Congress to kind of figure out how to do it. And you know, there's a lot of people who say that, listen, Miller, then you basically wasted everybody's time because that's what you were charged to do. Um, you know, you know, Congress uh, coming in and saying that you needed to do this investigation is them giving you the authority to do it. You didn't take it. You basically punted. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think Mueller got it wrong. I think he, he, he just he flat out got it wrong. And, you know, here we are. And so I mean, he took the easy way out. He basically you know, used, used, just used the word yeah. punted. Anytime you're punting, you're basically saying, I don't want to take this responsibility on. Yeah, that's, you deal with it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what he did. And, um, you know, as it relates to the memo and, and you know, Barr's representation of what the Mueller report stated, uh, you know, I get where the DOJ is going with it, um, but I just, I, I don't. I don't like it. I think it's the. I, I think it's actually the wrong thing for them to do. Now this will go up to the court of appeals, and the court of appeals will make a decision. And this is something that could ultimately end up in the Supreme Court, whether the actual memo gets released, and if it, you know, if it gets released and unredacted. I mean, because that's the other thing. Right. Because I mean, eventually they could get to well, all right. Well, fine. We'll release it, but they'll redact it to high hell, and then that'll kind of be the end of it. So I think it'll go up the chain. Probably lands on the Supreme Court's desk. Um, and I don't know if the if the Supreme Court will take it or if they will if they will punt it um, because of the political implications. Yeah, um, something that's not on the list, but the Supreme Court's about to involve a case about Roe v. Wade in is it Alabama? I'm sorry, it's not on our, our whiteboard. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I know there's a. We, uh, we should probably. We're, we're entering that time of year. Like, I mean, they're going to probably release a number of decisions here, probably in late June or July, June and July. Um, so there'll be a number of things that we'll track. Uh, the Roe v. Wade, or the, the, the abortion um, you know, decision is obviously something that we'll be paying attention to. Now, it won't necessarily. Um, kill Roe v. Wade, but it, if they, depending on how they decide, it could be a major blow. Um, there's also a Second Amendment um, uh, case that has some pretty substantial significance, uh, and you you do have some pretty aggressive gun supporters there uh, on the Supreme Court now. Um, so there's a number of cases coming up that we'll track. Sorry, um, I didn't. No, no that's derail. fine. Um, so you know, and then kind of sticking with Trump, though, he, you know. A lot of people are making a big deal about, you know, the state of New York saying that, you know, they're now criminally investigating him. Right. Um, and I've said this in the past. Look, 
Yeah, they're investigating his organization. They're investigating his COO. Um, it's, you know, now if they get the COO to flip on Trump, which I highly doubt. Um, Alan Weisselberg or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, if you if you get him to flip, then you could you could you could in theory see something hit Trump. But I just don't think. I, I mean, you know, people are you know they're starting. It's very similar to the Mueller investigation, right? People are like, oh, here comes the state of New York. Right. It's only right. a matter of time before he's in an orange jumpsuit and handcuffs. Like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. I, I just I'm we're not there. With you on that. I, I mean, I think for right now. You know, him being criminally investigated in the state of New York. I mean, the other problem that the state of New York had is, has is that their attorney general, before she was even in the position, was talking about how she was going to prosecute Trump and, you know, get him on something, right? And so that's not going to help their case if they do eventually bring a case against him. Um, it won't help him. Uh, it'll hurt them in this case against Weisselman. So, um, you know, there's a long road to go before... I even begin to process the idea of Trump being arrested. Um, and there's a lot to process there. Um, I have to believe, even as much as I obviously am not a fan of Donald Trump, I have to believe he knows how to put the layers of protection between yeah, his organization I mean, and, and, and we talked We talked about that last week. But, I mean, the, there's a lot to process with Donald Trump being arrested, charged, and convicted with, a, with, a, with serious crimes post, um, you know, after his, you know, at all, um, as a former sitting president. Um, it, it just, it hasn't happened. And if it does, um, there's, there's serious concerns about the stability of, of the Republic if it does. Um, you know, we, we, we have to think long and hard about it. And I know, you know, if you're an, an, an ardent Trump hater, um, you don't see anything wrong with it. Um, and I think if he, you know, if you if you can pin something on him, okay. Um, in the terms of justice, I don't necessarily see something wrong with it, but uh, it makes me nervous. And the reason why it makes me nervous is because of the state of the GOP and Republicans, right? Like right now, they are in tit for tat mode. Everything is screw the Democrats. And so, um, what what makes me nervous is them. You know, basically, once Joe Biden or whoever comes after Joe Biden is out, they try to, like, all right, you got our guy, we're going to get your guy. Um, and, you know, pun completely intended, we're going to trump up some charges against your guy and at minimum drag him through the paces of an investigation and try our damnedest to get him in court one way or another. At minimum, if we could at least get him in handcuffs just to show that we can do whatever you can do. Um and given where we are with the GOP right now, looking at how they voted on the January 6th commission, their refusal to, um, you know, initially confirm the election and everything else, I just, I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility. And I don't think we should not prosecute Trump to avoid uh, backlash uh, a or... backlash. But I think we need to make, if you're going to do it, then you better get it right. Like, you better, you, I mean, you sure. better get him dead to rights. If you're going to take in a former president of the United States, I don't care if you didn't like him. I don't care if he was a racist dick, right? You better have 
the crime nailed down to a T. This better be an open and shut case. You go in, you present the evidence, no jury with a sound mind and any sense of sanity would be able to, to walk away and say not guilty. And even then, good luck just because of the, the impact that the guy has. I think you're going to have a tough time finding 12 people, right, um, that would be willing to convict him. I mean, I think, you know, just pulling randomly, or you're going to find... Good luck finding an impartial jury. Right. I mean, good luck. Yeah, exactly. Good luck finding an impartial jury. I mean, I just think you, 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 there's a lot more to it. And, you know, a lot of people that are very anti-Trump, nope, you got to take him, you got you to send him up because it's the most important thing because he's got to go, he's got to pay for what he did. Um, and I think if, if, if that's the case, then it, it better be um, one of the strongest cases ever presented in a criminal court. And if, and if it's not, um, I don't care if you can say, yeah, we, we're pretty sure he did it. We, we, we have enough, enough proof, reasonable doubt, we can probably get, no, that's not, you, you literally have to lay it out to the point where it's so bad, where he knows that he's guilty, he knows that he's caught, but he refuses to plea because he's Donald Trump and he's just too big of a narcissist, but ultimately you know that he goes down. Like you basically have to have him on video with sound <laughs> in HD color, you know, doing a really criminal act because otherwise I don't think it's worth it. I agree. It's, it's, to me, honestly, Steve, my lack of fondness of Trump is so well documented from this show and other things, but I almost think this is a waste of time. It just yeah, it is. I mean, because it, it one, it feels petty, um, and, and look, the guy—he's a bad guy. The organization has been trashed forever, and I think yeah, if you dig, um, and you see what you get. Uh, if you don't have enough, though, I think you there, there's you can't you, you can't, can't push miss. Right, you you absolutely you absolutely cannot because I just I don't know I feel like the impact of a swing and miss is is just devastating. It's almost empowering to that side. It's not almost okay. It's absolutely it's empowering. empowering to right. them to the right. point where right. I mean you're you're, you're ta- I mean you could seriously be talking about uh, you know states seceding from the union. Um, and, well, that didn't and, go well last time, but um, oh, okay. But everybody paid a price. Oh yeah. Oh, I so mean, I mean, I, I just. No, I'm not trying to. Yeah, I. You know, I mean, I just. But, I, yes. What will Jim, happen, Jim? Look right. at the people that we're, we're dealing with. Arizona. The, right? Look what re- Arizona, Texas. I mean, Texas wants to secede every fucking let them year, right? Um, I, I and I just I just think that uh, there's the the impact. Of this, uh, it's unbelievable. We let this guy do this to us, but uh, okay, here we are. All right, um, let's skip right. this. Yeah, let's yep, skip yep, that. I'm yep. tired of talking yeah, about. Yeah, it. We had another Trump story, yeah, but fuck but it, fuck I'm tired it. of talking. I'm, about I'm, I'm with you. I was going to say the exact same thing. Well, but we're almost not not talking about him because we're talking about his female clone, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And is she an wishes, absolute... right? Yeah, she... but she's you know. So I have. Um, a friend who is not particularly political and she had no clue who Marjorie Taylor Greene was and this is kind of uh, we're going to have to own this because we said we were not going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene like the right talks about AOC just to give her oxygen and whatever but she is a legit lunatic and the shit she has said about wearing being told I have to wear a mask in public, and she so cleverly is calling Nancy Pelosi speaker mask hole. 
ooh, sick burn, MTG. Um, she's literally saying, like, wearing a mask is the equivalent of what the what happened in Germany to Jews with them having to wear a gold star. That is such a false analogy, such a ridiculous way to try to spin this into oppression. Wearing a mask is about protecting yourselves and others. And by the way, and we're going to talk about, about vaccinations a bit in a minute, but um, the idea that getting vaccinated is a government requirement is bullshit. It's not. It. I wish it was, to be honest with you. But I. I, nah, nah, I shouldn't say that. Because I don't want. I don't want to be. I don't want the government to mandate it ever. But I do want people to be something that resembles patriotic, intelligent, and reasonable. And getting vaccinated is those things. And I've got tons of friends who are. Well, I'm not getting it because it's not FDA approved. Well, technically, it is. It's been given emergency authorization, which is an approval. There are steps that the FDA would normally follow, and I am speaking of what I know because I work with FDA regulations all the time. That's my fucking career. And all the people saying, well, I'm not trusting it because the FDA hasn't... Stop. It's safe. It's effective. The data is there. If you're not getting it because you think it's a sterilization tactic, a mind control thing... You're fucking ridiculous. I'm sorry. I mean, most of what I'm hearing from people who don't want to get it are essentially, they one, they're not being honest, right? It's solely political. They don't want to do it because they feel it's being forced upon them by the Democrats. Um, and if not by the Democrats, then Big Pharma, Big Tech, Bill Gates. The global, you know, what the, are the, the, what the, the fuck's the... Yeah, yeah. Um, the new world order, the yeah, global world Thank order, what, whatever, what, yes. what have you. And a lot of the global world order stuff is rooted in, you know, anti-Semitism and white supremacy. You know, they bring up the Rothschilds all the time. And it just like you can easily see the connections on how people are being manipulated into this sort of, you know, like, oh, no, it's not white supremacy. It's not anti-Semitism. Like, you know, the, the global world order, it's a, real, it's a real thing, right? Like, no, it's not. Like, we've, we've been hearing about this shit, like, since you know World War Two, World War One, um, you know it's just it's it's ridiculous. So, but that being said, a lot of what I'm hearing, once you get past their initial bullshit, that it is where they won't, were not being honest about it, just mostly being political and a pushback against you know the progressive liberal uh, agenda, is that they feel that it's not safe, right? They're, they're, I haven't heard anyone reference anything about the FDA. Um, it's just like, well, you don't know what the side of the long-term side effects could be. Um, you know, people could start dropping dead in, you know, however long, um, or it could cause all sorts of cancer or whatever. Um, and you know what, if you truly believe that you're not, you're not wrong. We don't know. Right. We don't know. I mean, sure. agree. We, we, don't, we just we don't. don't, we don't. Those studies have not been done. I mean, they haven't, there, there, there weren't long, long-term studies done. We don't know if it's how it's going to affect people. I think the reality is. You know, we don't know what the long terms of COVID are either, right? Like sure. we, we're starting, you know, we're starting to see it. We've had people, who've, you know, who had it a year ago, and a lot of those people are still suffering some some pretty nasty uh, uh, side effects and, and, and after effects. Um, and so you got to balance it, right? I mean, you just you you just have to balance it. Now, if you don't want to take that leap of faith and you're genuinely just concerned about the safety of something that seems like it came out of nowhere. I, listen, I'm not going to beat people up over it. I just, I, I can't. Um, you know, it's a shame. I think it's safe, but 
who, who the fuck am I? I mean, like, I, I know less than this shit about you do by a, a, a country mile. So I don't know. And, like, I'm not going to beat people up over it. But what I will say is the government isn't forcing anybody to take this. Um, the government has already started shipping out um, um, extra vaccines to, to other countries that need it, like India. Um, I also think that, look, if a private industry or, or, or a private company says, look, if you want to work here, you need to be vaccinated. Or if you want to come in this building that we own, then you need to be vaccinated. Then that's their right to do it, right? Like everybody was so private businesses should be allowed to do what they want to do. If, if they don't want to do, if they don't want to, if they, if they don't want to mandate masks, they shouldn't have to. If they, you know, if they want to open, if they want to let them do their private, okay, fine. I agree with you. So if that private business that you work for says, hey, Buckaroo Banzai, you uh, need to get a vaccine if you want to work here, then now you have a decision to make. Right? You can't sue anybody. You got to make a decision. You're going to get the vaccine, right? Or you're not going to get the vaccine because, again, of your political protests that you're veiling and some concern about health, um, you know, on a topic that you don't know shit about. Or are you just going to get the vaccine to protect your coworkers, to, pr to pr protect the people around you, probably yourself too, um, and, and keep getting a paycheck? You know, you know we, we were, we're veering away from Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I do want, don't want to let her off the hook because she's a I mean, lunatic. I don't, I don't but, think we're letting her off the hook. Like, I mean, like, listen, the, the woman is full of shit. Like, and I've had, I had a long conversation with someone that knows her personally, has helped fundraise for her, and supports her wholeheartedly, and says, oh, yeah, everything she's doing in the media is an act, but behind the scenes, she's really all about the people. I'm like, okay, well, she's not doing anything. She's not, I know. She's not doing anything for the people, right? I mean, because you can pull up what she's, uh, you know, the, 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 her various things that she's put into Congress, the, you know, and it's just like, look, man, I, I can see her record. Um, you know, she's a person who her dad, you know, started a business that was very successful. She took over it, and then she decided to quit, and then she opened a gym. She got into cro CrossFit, tantric sex, and now she ran for Congress and won. And now she's a loudmouth seeking attention on Congress doing nothing for the state of Georgia, right? Just not a fucking thing. Oh, she's raising a lot of money. Okay, what the fuck yeah. is she going to do with that money? She's going to use that money to continue to say and do these same things, but it's not driving policy. It's not helping anyone, and and. Everything that she says she's about is built basically on a platform of sand, and at some point in time, she's going to go down, right? Now, if that's who well, people want to support. She? Yeah, she'll, I mean, she'll. So, 2022 is huge to me, because if she gets reelected, her election in the first place was kind of weird, right? She's running against, she's running in a very Republican district, so whoever the Republican nominee is, is going to win. And she, kind of like Trump, ran against 16 other people, and she was the loudest voice, and she trumped it all up, pun intended, and everyone else kind of divided the same person vote, and she got what she got. Okay. If that works again in 2022, that is very disconcerting. Um, it's, uh, yeah, but it's, it's Georgia, um, so, I mean, I think there's a good chance she could win again, but I mean, the reality is, is that she's, uh, she's a leper in Congress, you know, I mean, sure. uh, so again, her ability to actually be effective and drive policy to the things that she wants is, is, is null and void, right? Like, but I mean, does she, that's almost a relief to her, isn't right? it? She doesn't like, she, she doesn't care. And I mean, like, listen, I think it, the, the reality is, is that. Listen, you got a guy like Steve King in Iowa who was in Congress forever, right? Yeah. I mean, and we may be stuck with her because I just, I don't trust the people of Georgia to vote her out, 
right? I mean, if, if, if we're being honest. To be fair, her district. Right. In her, like, the people in her district, they voted her in. I doubt that the people in her district are very disappointed with her. I think they love her. She represents the, she represents the masses. I would love for them to prove me wrong. Please do. Right. But I mean, I think reality is she probably ends up sticking around. But in terms of I, and when I say she eventually she goes down, like, I mean, there's nothing that she's doing that has gained any sort of traction. Like, yeah, she gets a lot of media. Yeah, she gets a lot of attention. People don't have a lot of money. But what's her ability to actually impact and affect Congress or to affect policy other than she's going to vote against everything that the Democrats do. Right. And vote for some of the things that the Republicans do, but she'll probably vote against a lot of the things that the Republicans do if she thinks that, or she just won't vote if she thinks that there was too much interaction with the Democrats, right? So I, I just, I'm not as much worried about her, and there's enough other congressmen, there's other congressmen in her state, there's multiple districts in Georgia, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, there's literally hundreds of congressmen to where, like, yeah, she gets a lot of attention, but her impact is minimized. So... Um, eventually, people are just going to get kind of tired of her shtick. Um, I hope so. You know, I mean, I think I think it's a matter of time, but you may have there may it may be a few elections before we see it, or not. But either way, I just don't know how much impact she's going to have long term. But eventually, she's just going to be the crazy lady screaming in the wind. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, not, and also, I'm, don't, I'm, not, I'm I, not confident. I mean, that's you know, and I. I we don't have to be confident in it, but at the same time, like we've probably given her too much attention. We probably have. All right. Let's talk about... <laughs> so, the state of Ohio, where we both the reside... Buckeye state. The Buckeye State. The Buckeye State. OH. I.O. There you go. Um, I wouldn't leave you hanging on that. Um, they've <laughs> they've put in a... What, it's getting called the vaccine lottery. A lottery. vaccine If you are vaccinated, you are in a lottery... There will be five drawings for a million dollars each. And I find this fascinating for a bunch of reasons. One is the idea that getting into this lottery, you have a chance to win a million dollars. And I heard that um, people who signed up for the um, vaccination went up 33% when this was announced. I'm going to use a weird analogy, and I know you love when I do this, but there was a movie from the late 80s. I wish there was a way to comprehend that pain on Steve's face when I say things like this. Because, well, it's not that. It's the, so you do this, like, I don't actually, like, when you do it on the show, I don't mind. It's actually kind of funny. But you do this, like, in conversation, right? Yes. I'll be like, hey, No man, apologies. I had this thing that happened, like, oh, you know, there was anyway, this 1986 the, the, right, movie so this, that the, 17 the, people saw, and let me tell this you, this one scene, like, nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. Movie, no one saw the movie, no movie one cares. This starred Bette Midler, Danny DeVito, oh, Judge Reinhold, Bill Pullman, it was a movie called Ruthless People. Great movie, actually. It's a hilarious movie. No, it wasn't. And it was. You haven't seen it, have you? So you don't know it was hilarious. And neither so has you, anybody else yes, that listening to this fucking show. Yes, they have. Anyway, in the movie Ruthless People, end of the movie, Judge Reinhold drives a car Judge off of Peter... fucking Reinhold. Reinhold, yeah. From, from Beverly Hills Cop. From Beverly Hills Cop. And Beverly Hills Cop 2. And I think 3. Um, he drives off a, a, a pier in Los Angeles. And... A bunch of people see this happen, and they're like, we can't jump in and save him. It's really deep, and there's shark, sharks in there and whatever. And then a bunch of money starts spewing out of the car. And suddenly people start diving in to grab loose dollars. That's what's happening here. It's like, you know, I'm not getting that vaccine. That vaccine's bullshit. I, well, it's actually not bullshit. Now I can be a one person in five million in the lottery and 
Fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I get what they did. I get why they did it. Um, and it's working, and the fact that it's working is hilarious. Uh, yeah, me. I mean, look, I, I, I don't have a problem with it working, right? Like, I mean, they're trying I'm to... I'm happy it's working. Right, like, I mean... I think it's funny that people are so objecting, and then like, oh, wait, there's money? Dive in. Well, I mean, what is weird to me are the people who have been vaccinated, but are objecting to this on some <laughs> weird sort of moral grounds about not playing the lottery because it's a sucker's bet or whatever. It's just like, I, I don't, I don't get it. I also don't care. It's like, if you don't want to. Thank wanna, you. Don't. Right. Like, I mean, cause I registered for it. Like, look, I can figure out a way to use, what, what would it be about? $650,000, right? right? Like after, after taxes, taxes, it'd be about six fifty. So I can figure out a good way to use $650,000 um, pretty quickly. So, I mean, I absolutely registered for it. Um, the only thing that annoys me about it is that I think you have to do the whole media thing, right? If I were to ever win the lottery in Ohio, I would absolutely make sure that it stayed anonymous that I won, right? Like nobody would win, nobody, like I, nobody would know, right? Um, you know, you may have an idea, you know. When I, I'd know when you showed up in your right, fucking Hummer with the... No, no, no. I mean, I, no, you'd know because I'd show up in a fucking Rolls Royce Wraith. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I apologize for your dream. Right, like, no, I'm not I'm getting some stupid, ridiculous Hummer. I mean, uh, no, I'm definitely how, getting how something ridiculous. I? But that being said, uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, that's the only weird thing to me are the people who got vaccinated who are just like, fuck it, no, I'm not doing this because it's stupid, like... All right. I mean, you don't have to pay for it. Like, I mean, you don't you even, got nothing to lose. Right. Like, you didn't pay for the vaccine. You don't have to pay for the registration. Like, you can just fucking submit your name, and if they pull it, like the girl who won, they did the first drawing. It was a younger girl. The funny thing is, she was on her way to buy like a new used car or to buy a used car because she needed a car. Right. And then she found out, and it's just like, oh, you might need to go to the new car section, kiddo. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, listen, it's. Uh, I think it's good. I think. Uh, I don't have concerns about the vaccine. If, I mean, if there are long-term side effects, and fuck it, I got them. You know, well, if it makes it, if it makes you sterile, well, like, fuck it, I don't care. We said, we said that last week. Like, if it makes you sterile, win. Right. And you've already gotten the snip. Right. So I mean, I just I, whatever. But All right. So that's the that's the vaccinillion. We guys will keep we we will keep you posted if we. If uh, either of us win it, our studio will be severely upgraded. By the way, right now we have a three hundred three Enfield. In our studio, that will be a 1860s musket. I don't even know. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm trying to think of it like a, a gun that would have some more. Okay, so moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um, Good call. Thank you. You saved me from myself there. So we had a visit here in Cleveland locally uh, by Joe Biden. Yes, we did. Um, I actually was picking up a friend at the airport, and they were like, can you get to the airport because of Air Force One? And I said... I have no idea what you're talking about, so take it away. Yeah, so Joe Biden came into town. He was talking uh, at uh, Tri-C, um, the Cuyahoga County Community College. And, um, you know, he was looking at the manufacturing stuff, and he, you know, was pitching his infrastructure plan. Um, the really cool thing about it is where he was. I have a project um, that is under construction directly across the street from it that he, you know, was able to check out and reference. So, um, you know, kudos to, to me and my team um, for that because it, it looks amazing. Um, unfortunately, he did it yesterday when the weather was good. Um, and, you know, that project is on, on pace, on budget, and uh, on schedule. So uh, another, you know, big bonus. 
Uh, but another visit that he's going to make here really soon is to, to Tulsa. And it's to commemorate the 100-year anniversary of uh, the Tulsa Massacre. And we've talked about it a number of times on this show. Um, they talked about it on the show The Watchmen on HBO, if you haven't seen it. Um, it's sort of the backdrop of that entire series. Um, and uh, it's important because he'll be the first president to ever visit Tulsa after that happened. Um, you know, for that specific reason. I say for that reason. I'm, right. um, and I don't know how often presidents visit Tulsa, but I still. I don't know why they would. Um, but he will be the first to actually uh, visit Tulsa for this reason and acknowledge it and, com and, and commemorate it. Um, and um, I think that's important. Uh, it, it is very important that it gets recognized um, because Tulsa is a, is a representation of, of really the struggle and the plight of, of black Americans. And, and the reason why I say that is, you know, we get black Americans, you know, we all get lumped in as a, as a, as a giant mass, you know, that we move in, 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 in one direction uh, together at all times. Um, and we're constantly told of what we're not doing and all the things we're doing wrong. And, and, and you know, if, if you know, just assimilated and we just did everything like white people do and we lived in the neighborhoods and we kept our houses the way you do and we dressed like you and we talked like you and we ate the food you do and we listened to the music you did and, and all that, then everything would be fine. Nobody have a problem. Everybody would be wealthy and we would have no issues and no violence in the United States, right? Um, but the reality is, is that black people actually went out and they did all the things that you're supposed to do. They built a community. They had lawyers, doctors, uh, you know, accountants. They had businesses, businesses yep. and infrastructures, and they had family structure, and they had their own um, ecosystem of, of, of an economy, and, and, and they were thriving and growing. Um, and then, uh, based off of a lie and racism, it was all destroyed. It was wiped out. Um, with the help of, you know, citizens, you know, the white citizens of Tulsa, the police forces. I mean, it was, you know, the first time that, uh, you know, the, that a United States, um, you know, domestic force had, had literally bombed a U.S. city, right? And it was not the last time that that happened. It was not the last time that it happened to a black community because it happened in Philadelphia as well. Uh, and that anniversary was recent, too. That was. A few of my black right. friends from Philly. Dave from Philly among them. Yeah, I think about that. I think it was like the seventy or seventy fifth year anniversary. Or no, it wasn't, it wasn't even that long. It was the sixties. Yeah, or I think it was like the fiftieth year anniversary. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, but you, you had this thriving community that was literally wiped off the face of the earth, um, and and there was no sort of there was no apology. There was no there, the, you know for the longest time there wasn't much of a memorial. There was probably no repercussions. Right. There were there were if there were they were minimal. Um, you know, we don't even have an accurate death toll of what happened. And it's not because there weren't that many people that died. It was because they did not, you know, they literally were, you know, there, there was a report that they found a mass grave not too long ago, I think in the last 18 months, we talked um, about thing, that, know. that there were, you know, what looked to be about 300 bodies in it. Right. Um, and so, you know, this, this, but this represents the plight, right? Because you had, it's, you know, people talk about systemic racism when, you know, you're trying to build, um, you know, a life, whether it's a business or just trying to build and provide for your family and obstacles are consistently thrown in your way, not just by your, your fellow citizen, but by the actual government and by businesses that you need to do business with in order to integrate and assimilate the way that you're being told to. 
um, it makes it, it sets you back. It sets you back. And then when this happens to an entire people over and over again, like massively, right? Like not just, you know, a few little sprinklings, but when you have an entire system that says, y'all can't live here, y'all can't go here, y'all can't do this. And if you do, not only will we push back, but we will violently push back, right? And we will not, not, not only, not, we're not fist fighting in the street, we are going to burn everything you know and love to the ground, right? And it didn't happen once, right? There was a map I was looking at not too long ago of, Massacres of black people in the United States from, you know, post-Civil War era through shortly after Tulsa, right? And the map was just littered, right? And, you know, a massacre, I think they, they were saying it was 10 people or more, right? And there was just maps or dots across the United States, right? Double digits, right? And so how can you expect the people, right? Like, I mean, just take away the systemic stuff, right? Take away housing, take away education, take away the redlining and all, take away all that stuff, right? How do you expect the people to actually assimilate and blend in with the rest of your culture when any time that they start to do the very thing you tell them to do, you burn it to the ground and you kill them? You know, I, I just, I like, so, and, and, and that's, that's our history. You can get mad and call it critical race theory and say it's not real, it's not true, and it hurts my feelings because it makes white people look bad. I don't care. Because you know what? Like, you know, and, and, and white people today will say, well, the sins of the father. Why do I have to pay for what those people did? I'm not a racist. I don't care. And I, like, I'm not going to give away anything that, that allows other people to have equality, and you're not going to take away from me. Screw that because that's reverse racism. Like, look, right? You, yeah, you're paying for the sins of your fathers, right? And that's, unfortunately, that's life, right? Like, they committed these atrocious crimes. They killed people. They, they, they blocked people from being able to advance. And so at some point, if we want any sort of advancement beyond where we are now, then we're going to have to make up for what happened in the past. And because we continue to kick the can down the road and say, well, this country is built on incremental progress, and if that's the, that's the only way to actually, if we continue with that, right, and we refuse to acknowledge these things, and we refuse to say this was real, and we need to do something about them, right, whether it's on the federal level, local, state, whatever, uh, and, and private businesses don't get involved, then you're not going to see the progress that you want to see, that you're demanding that you say has to happen in order for us to have peace and, and, and advancement. And the other thing, eventually, people are going to just flat out revolt, right? Like, I mean, you're going to get to a point where you start to get a, a real pushback when you continue to try to push people down and just say, no, 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 wait your turn, wait your turn, wait your turn, wait your turn. Um, and so I think it's important that Biden goes to visit Tulsa. I think it's important that Tulsa locally acknowledges this beyond what they already have, and they figure out a way to make this right. right? Like, does money fix everything? No, but it makes shit a whole hell of a lot easier. You know, I, um, when, when, when Watchmen came out and the attack on Black Wall Street was you know, illustrated on that show, I knew what it was only because of conversations we had previously had. Um, that series did a great job of, of, of high, you know, highlighting is the wrong word, but of, of showing it. Um, but truly, I didn't know any of that shit until you told me. And the truth is, history books in America, in, school, in schools, never touch that. Because it's really fucking ugly. Yeah. 
It's it's awful. Well, the, I mean the bomb the bombing in Philly. Like a lot of people don't right. know anything I, about that or why it happened or, or what led to it. Um, and that was just another atrocious mark in in our history that's that's race related. And and look, you can't. <laughs> this country is never going to fully get over the race hump if we don't acknowledge in mass what was done in the past. And I'm sorry if it makes people uncomfortable, it makes people look bad and everything else. But at some point in time, if you actually want these things that you say that you do, equality and equity, and, and like, right, like you have to acknowledge the harm that you've done. Tough shit if it makes you uncomfortable. I know it's real easy for me to say sitting here, but I've had multiple interactions with people on social media where they're, people, I, I'm 50 years old, people older than me saying, Race was never an issue when I was a kid. Bitch. Not to you. <laughs> right. I mean, Steve, I had a woman that I'm Facebook friends with that showed a picture of herself with a doll that was dark-skinned saying, look, here's me as a child holding a dark-skinned doll. I didn't think about race. Race was never an issue until black people started making an issue of it recently. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You really think... First of all, we, we just started talking about it. Black people just started talking about it. Right, right. What the fuck was Martin Luther King talking about? What the fuck was Malcolm X talking about? Right? But, what the fuck was Marcus Garvey but, all pissed but, off about? This woman, this, so this woman is... so. All right, I'm going to go a direction. I bang your daughter a lot. Gross. Yeah, no, not gross at all. We dated. We hung out in California. We had a lot of sex. Um, your <laughs> mother listens you a, to the show. You're right, and she knows I'm not a good person. Um... You ratted me out for smoking weed. Don't give me shit. I did not rat you out. You ratted yourself out. No, I ratted myself out. You laughed at me for... Anyway, point is that Diane, this woman, it was literally claiming race was never an issue until... Oh, yeah, I didn't do a last name yet. But she was like, race was never an issue in this country. I'm like, wow. You're 63 years old or whatever you are. And you're claiming race was never an issue because I'm fifty. Like, what the fuck were you paying it? Like, what was like? You're, if she's sixty three, like she was, I'm, she was, I'm ballparking. She was, well, no, but I mean, like, she was a teenager. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, but and, there, and the, the whole race was never an issue. No, it's, it's always it, you know, been an it, issue. And it, it, it's truthfully, Steve, it's uncomfortable. It is because it's ugly because American citizens were treated differently because of their race for the entirety of this country to this day. Yeah. And it's not fun to talk about. But um, like you just said, until we own it and are honest about it, it's never going to get better. And it's gotten better. I mean, certainly yeah, it, better it today than 1960. But like, we, we have to own it in mass. Like, we can't yes. have people Agreed. like the president of the United or former president of the United States saying, oh, that's. You can't tear down that's, the statues because that's, that's tearing away history. Fuck I mean, you. It's just, it's crazy. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to derail the no, conversation. No, 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 no. It's fine. I, it, you know, I, I, I blew my load on it. We, we you know, we talked. Uh, we had, you know, we had the conversation. So, and we'll continue to do this. And and I and 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 Biden going to Tulsa and being the first president to openly acknowledge it is a a step in the right direction. And I'm guaranteeing you, ridiculous. Fox it's News, this long. right? I, Took a hundred years, but but give 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 yes, Biden some credit. Absolutely, give credit. Biden some credit because you've been a huge critic for good reasons. But he's stepping up. So yes. way to go, Joe. <laughs> um, all right, man. We got to wrap this up, but not before we talk about something else. You went to Columbus last weekend, and you competed in a powerlifting event. I did. My and first I'm, one in three years. And you did, um, I'm going to say, pretty well. You won the overall competition. You won your weight class. You dominated the overall thing. And I'm going to say now, 
I was confident in you, but I was not going to say it to you. Because I think you would have... I, I don't know how... I didn't want to put shit in your head. Because you were dealing with a lot of shit. You had come off a torn uh, tricep uh, tendon. You had COVID. You had that yeah, supplement you took that almost destroyed your liver and kidneys. Yep. I mean, you were overcoming a lot of shit. And to insert myself into this a little bit... Today, I bench-pressed actual weights, 155, 185 pounds for the first time in a long time because of injuries, and I was nervous doing that. You benched a bit more than 185. A little bit. <laughs> what was the number? Bit. Give the number. I'm, I'm throwing so, a, a brag to you. So, yeah, so... What was your number of bench-pressing? So... Admit it, bitch. For, admit the, it. for the meat, like this... So, the meat was important to me. I, I love powerlifting. I do it. It fills my need to compete. Right, like I was, sure. you know, as an athlete in college, I've been, you know, an athlete my, you know, entire life, as, life a, yeah. as, a, as a kid and as a teenager in, 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 in college, and you know, that's a hard thing to just let it go when it's something that you're so used to. So powerlifting kind of fill, no, absolutely fills that void for me, um, and it's fun and I enjoy it, and it's a way for me to stay in shape. Um, you know, you're also super analytical and super. I I, I enjoy talking to you about this off the show because you you're very scientific about it right and i think if you want to be good at this sport you you have to understand the science you have to understand the anatomy and the biology and how your body works and how if you want it to grow and get stronger and get better you you need to um and it's because of the access access of information that we have now that when i first started lifting fucking 29 years ago just didn't have access to, right? Like now I've got YouTube videos and you've got Instagram and Facebook and you've got people talking about lifting and everything nonstop. And there's a lot of good, there's a lot of shit information, but there's a ton of good quality information out there from a fitness standpoint that people have access to, right? Like, so the, the like there are just so few excuses on why, like if you want to get in shape, then you can, and there's plenty of information out there. You don't have to go and spend a hundred dollars an hour on a personal trainer. So powerlifting for me is a way for me to focus my fitness energy in a way that not only benefits me physically, but also fills, you know, like an emotional and mental void that sport, you know, college sports left. Um, but going into this, you know, you mentioned all the things like the torn tricep, acute and um, uh, liver and, and kidney failure, uh, COVID, and just you know, sober and forty, you know, like I, I mean, forty years old. And so there was there was a lot going on. So there was a, a there was a huge sort of mental component to this. I just wanted to get back on the platform. I wanted to compete. I wanted to I wanted to come out healthy, and I wanted to I just wanted to put a number up, right? I didn't care if it won. I didn't care if it broke records. I just wanted to put a number up. Um, I took it serious, obviously. Um, I trained my ass off for it. Um, you know, there's some things I would definitely, I'm going back to correct. Like I'm actually going to Youngstown this weekend to pick up a special bar, um, that will be brutal to train with, but I think it'll make me better. Um, but you know, I came out, it, it, I, I had a great meet. I can't under, Dude, undersell it. crushed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I just do it or, so, or make me. So, so I ended up getting best overall lifter. I won the open division in my weight class at 275. And then I also won the master's division, which is 40 to whatever, um, you know, guys over 40. Um, I won that division as well, which was, you know, kind of a kick in the nuts to, you know, 
register for, but fuck okay, it. fuck you, because I'm well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, so I, I won those, and then um, I turned fifty and went to Vegas, ate a prime rib, and limped around the strip. Oh, you're bummed that you had to register over forty. I'm devastated right. for you. So um, jackass. I ended up squatting over 600 pounds. I benched uh, a little bit over 450 pounds, and I, I deadlifted 780 pounds um, uh, with 780 and some change. So it was, look, I mean, I had a great meet. I can't say that I didn't. Uh, it was really fun, though, because there's a lot of young guys from my gym. And when I say young, 18, 19, 20-year-olds who had never competed before, um, and it was fun to kind of help them and steer them straight. It was literally like herding cats. You know, I got one guy who's over there talking to a girl, trying to get her numbers. Like, hey, you need to go lift. Like, literally, you're up next. Um, you know, I got one guy who fell asleep, and we had to wake him up. I had another guy who took so much pre-workout, we thought he was going to have a fucking heart attack. Ooh. And had to get him down. Uh, you know, another guy missed some lifts, and he was bummed out. But it was just, like, for me, that's the other aspect of it, too. You know, I've been doing this so kind long. kind of a guru. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of the old man in the sport, in the gym now. You know, I've been doing this a while. I, I've been lifting forever. You know, I've been lifting longer than those kids have literally been alive. Yeah. Um, so it's fun to watch them come up. You know, I mean, a lot of them are, I mean, strength is relative, but they're not very strong. But it's fun to watch them get stronger. And that's another reason why I do it. I just, I enjoy you have You have a mentor vibe. Yeah, you know, I, I, mean, I definitely do. I can't. I can't deny that either. I definitely do. I, I love helping people get better. Um, whether it's I'm working with people with sobriety, I'm working with people in uh, powerlifting, I'm working with people housing, education, jobs, whatever it is. I do enjoy that, and so that re it really rounded out the day and made it a lot of fun. Some of those guys were able to win some things, um, and and it was just a great experience. And and um, you know I'm glad to be back in it. Um, I'm probably going to compete at the early beginning of January 22. Um, I also uh, so this is what sucks. So. I actually, so I broke a record um, uh, for my age group, strongest deadlift, guys over 40, um, both nationally and internationally, but, uh -huh. but, but, it doesn't count. Please tell me there's a Russian, please no, tell me there's a Russian involved. No, well, actually, actually, uh, so there, I, I actually beat out a Russian guy. Not but, a meter, but, but, I'm but you. here's the thing, the record doesn't count because I, I didn't know and I didn't call it out. So in this federation, you have to call out your record attempts because afterwards they check you to make sure you're not wearing something you're not supposed to wear, like supportive. So I didn't know. I just went and picked a big number and fucking pulled it. And um, then I found out after. They're like, oh, if you would have told us, then you would have broke a record. Uh, and I, I didn't. But um, that's okay because the plan is, like, I'm going to go back, compete in January, and hopefully uh, make, a, make another run at it. So... Well, that, that was my weekend last weekend. That was, and I'm mostly healthy. Uh, bicep, you know, was was a little tweaked, twinge, but yeah. it's. Uh, I went to go see my boy Brian, and uh, he hooked me up. So, uh, I, no. I have not been to the gym this week, but I'm gonna go back Saturday and do a little conditioning, and then get back into it on Monday. I have no problem with you throwing a shout out to Brian because when I fucked up my hamstring, he helped me out. Congratulations, man! In all nice. seriousness, I, like I said, I had a lot of faith that you would do well, but I didn't want to. I, if I would have said, I believe in you, you would have said, fuck off. I absolutely would have. <laughs> and, I and I would have respected have. you for saying that because, like, fuck you. I've been in the gym. You haven't. I'm, it's not uh, that. I, you no, know, honestly, no, I it's just, it. it's, uh, there's, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that you should acknowledge your accomplishments. Obviously, humility is important. And just balancing it is tough. It's hard to 
you know, if you believe in humility, it is very hard to hear people, you know, throwing bouquets you up. Yep. your yep. way, you know, and you don't want it. And part of it, you don't want it to go to your head and just be like, oh, I got this shit won. And then it's, you know, then you right. proverb, proverbially step in the ring and get punched in the face. Serious question for you, and I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but I'm really kind of not sorry. Um, what was the nerve level for you? Because. So I, I, this is an easy question. Not. Really? Okay, good. Um, you so, shouldn't have been because you do that. So, so let me explain. So there's a couple different things. Like one, like I know I put in a lot of work. Um, and I also, like, I, I was a little banged up a few weeks ago, but I, I kind of backed things down, took it easy, recovered, but kept myself moving, and I felt great going into the meet. Like everything good. was moving. I didn't feel, you know, like there was no creaking, popping. Like everything felt good. So I, I had a confident feeling going in. The other aspect of it is that where a lot of powerlifters, oddly enough, um, are not athletes, right? Like there are some right. who were, but a lot aren't, right? Um, this is a sport that attracts a lot of people who maybe they petered out in junior high or high school or whatever in terms of athletic achievement, but you don't have a lot of people who competed at a big time level in front of big crowds of people yelling at you, for you, against you, whatever, with shit on the line, like scholarships or championships and things like that. So... You know, when they play the national anthem, I still get goosebumps because to me that symbolizes game time. When I hear the national anthem, my heart rate my heart rate increases. I start to sweat a little bit. The hair stands up on my like I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about it. Awesome. Because like to me, the national anthem means it's fucking go time, right? And once I hear it, then I'm I'm good because I'm I'm like the one thing about me, big games, I, that's when I perform my best. Right, and for me, every meet is big because there's so few of them. Right, like I only compete maybe twice. Like, and I haven't competed in three years. I'm only going to compete once this year. So, like, every meet is essentially the fucking Super Bowl, right? Or the playoffs leading to the Super Bowl. So, you know, the next meet, the next two meets I compete in, the next one, like I already qualified for nationals in 2022. So the next one will be to to just go for bigger numbers. And then the next meet after that will probably be nationals. And then after that, if, I, if I'm worth a shit, then I, we could be talking international competition. So, you know, my nerve level is, you know, it's game time and do what you do. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm impressed with that. I, um, I was curious because you hadn't done it in a while. The difference between certain kind of like combat sports, you're going against another mm -hmm. human. When you're doing powerlifting, you're doing stuff you know you can do. And I have control of all the variables. And you have control of the variables. Right. I have control. Right. Like, I know the weight and, that I'm going to do. And I can, you, yeah. you do things like, I'm going to make this harder when I'm training, so yes. when I'm competing, yeah, I've got that edge. Yeah. But, but that, right, that's a big difference between a combat right. sport and, and a controlled sport right. for like I mean, term. like, I don't, like, in a combat sport, I don't know, like, boxing or MMA, right. like, I don't know what the other guy, like, I mean, I may go up against a guy, I've never seen him, met him before, and then all of a sudden, he's way right. stronger than he or looks, th right, throws or he's way faster, right, or I catch something that yep. I didn't see coming, but where, with this, like, I intentionally, I use special bars in the gym, I use a safety squat bar, which is not safe, the thing is designed <laughs> to staple you to the floor, and it's really hard to squat with, but... It makes squatting, it makes you a better squatter when you go to a straight bar. You use a special bench where you have to get a deeper range of motion because it makes it harder. But then you go to a regular bar and bam, you have greater pop off the chest. I use this very stiff bar when I deadlift and the bar I'm going to get 
is super stiff and it's extra thick. So it's going to be brutal to fucking deadlift with. I'm only going to be able to use it for small periods of time because it just is going to tax the shit out of my body. But my goal is the next time I compete, I want a bigger squat number and I want to deadlift over 800 pounds. And I want to do it all together. So in order to do it, I'm going to have to go to hell basically in terms of a training camp to get myself ready to do it. But then when you remove all that and say, all right, now you get all the easy bars, a special easy deadlift bar and a regular squat bar and, you know, a regular bench bar. Yeah, no, I'm not nervous because I've been fucking putting myself through hell to get here. Awesome. All right, man, we're going to go on for this, yeah. on this for a long time, but I'm really, uh, I never doubted you. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with what you did. Congratulations. Thank you. You literally crushed it. And I want to say that in a public forum. Thank we you. are at Whiskey Congress, at Whiskey Congress, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We are done. Goodbye.